Hello and welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor Dana shifts our big three focus to the word faith, specifically faith and gratitude. Let's listen. As Bailey mentioned during the children's message, today is Halloween. It is also All Saints Day. And on All Saints Day, we remember the saints of our faith those individuals who had a significant impact on our faith and faith journey. On All Saints Day, we remember those individuals who have helped to shape who we are as Christians, helped us to keep the faith over the years. And for most of us, it will be a wide range of individuals that we think of and that we remember. For some of us, we will look to the Old Testament prophets And we'll remember their stories. Or we'll look at the early church fathers and how important their roles were as they planted churches and as they started the Christian movement. For some of us, we'll remember the theologians. We'll remember the Bible scholars, those who shared their wisdom and their insight with us, those who helped to give language to what we believe and the theology that we profess. And for some of us, we'll remember those who we had a closer walk with, those who were more near and dear to us that helped to kindle the faith. We'll remember our parents and our grandparents. We'll remember our friends, our aunts, our uncles, anyone who exemplified faith in our lives. On All Saints Day, we remember all of these people and we pay homage to them. We pay homage to them for keeping the faith alive and for blazing the trail before us. On this special occasion on All Saints Day, it's quite timely that we would have a sermon on faith, that we would talk about what faith is and how we can live and act more faithfully as Christians. As you know, we are in the midst of a sermon series right now called The Big Three, and the big three being faith, hope, and love. So for the past two weeks, Pastor David has been focusing on hope. And so this week and next week, we're going to be focusing on faith. And as we dive into this topic of faith, I wanted us to take a look at a quote from Karl Barth. Karl Barth was a famous Swiss theologian. He had a tremendous impact on Protestant theology. He had over 600 pieces of published works. And in one of those pieces, he wrote, The basic human response to God is gratitude. It's not fear and trembling. It's not guilt or dread. But it's thanksgiving, gratefulness. He said, To have faith is to live faith. And to live faith is to give thanks. Living into a real life of gratitude is to live a life of faith. For Barth, living a life of faith entailed living a life of gratitude, living a life where you take time to recognize God's presence in your life, recognizing all the various blessings that you receive each day. For Barth, it entailed noticing what God has done in your life and in the life of others, and then spending time each day to praise God and to thank our Lord. As we keep this quote in mind, as we keep this concept of faith entails expressing thanks and praise, then I wanted us to turn to Scripture. I want us to turn to the Bible and see 
where we see stories of people living their faith out this way, where we see them taking time each day to stop and to thank God and to praise God. There are many examples that all of us could come up with. But the one story that comes to mind for me is the story of the ten lepers. The ten lepers that Jesus heals, but yet only one of them turned back to thank Christ for that healing. So let's take a look at that passage and start to walk through that story before we take a closer look at the details and the nuances of that passage. Let us turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 16. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. In this passage from Luke, we hear this story of the ten lepers who had been healed from this pervasive illness We hear about how ten were healed, but yet only one of them turned back to thank Jesus. Only one turned back and praised God in a loud voice, even prostrated himself. Prostrated himself meaning that he threw himself at Jesus' feet, face down into the dirt. In ancient biblical days when people did that, when they prostrated themselves, it was the ultimate sign of humility and thanksgiving. When Jesus sees this happen, that only one of the ten turned back to thank him, he starts to express confusion and wonderment. He begins to wonder, well, where are the other nine? And we start to hear him asking some questions. In verses 17 through 19, Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. This story is the backdrop for that quote that I shared with you from Karl Barth. The quote where he says that the basic human response to God is gratitude. To have faith is to live faith, and to live faith is to give thanks. When Jesus cured and healed these men from leprosy, We see only one of them respond by expressing their gratitude. We see only one of them living their faith out loud, living his faith out loud by falling at Jesus' feet, by praising God in a loud voice. As we take a closer look at this passage, there are two very important characteristics, two important details that we should not overlook, two defining details we are given that help us to understand the significance behind why it was this one leper that turned back to thank God. So as we start to unpack this story and take a closer look, let's start with the most obvious detail. Let's start with the fact that these individuals had leprosy. 
That's a defining characteristic for all of them. It would have had a huge impact on how they interacted with other people. It's a huge defining characteristic that would have shaped their decision on whether they would turn back to thank God or whether they would go on their merry way. People who had leprosy back in ancient biblical days, they suffered a type of skin disease that we could call Hansen's disease present day. Hansen's disease is a a type of condition where you lose circulation in your limbs, your toes, your fingertips, and they start to decay and deteriorate and fall off. Leprosy was visible. It resulted in the individual being deemed unclean. Being declared physically unclean meant that you had to separate yourself from anyone else that was deemed clean. They were required to keep their distance. People with leprosy were banished from their homes. They were taken from their spouses, their kids, their family members, and their friends. They were completely shunned by the community. So they would either live alone in the wilderness or they would band together on the fringes of society and become this company of misery for one another. The matter of being declared physically unclean also meant that you were declared ritually unclean. And being ritually unclean was far more problematic than having the disease itself. Being declared ritually unclean meant that you couldn't go into any temples. You couldn't go into any sacred places. You couldn't go near or before God as an unclean person. Being declared ritually unclean prevented that person from being able to have a close and personal relationship with God, as well as with a community of believers. So that's the first defining characteristic in this healing story. Jesus was healing lepers, lepers that lived far off on the fringes of society, shunned by all, and it included them feeling distant and shunned by God. They lived in isolation, away from anyone or anything that would have felt like a loving or accepting Christian community. The second defining characteristic that's important for us to note is that the one leper that did turn back is referred to as a Samaritan. In this story, Jesus calls this man a Samaritan, and he calls him a foreigner. It's significant because when Jesus describes this man this way, he doesn't call the other nine Samaritans, which means that the other nine weren't Samaritans. It means that the other nine were Jews. They were Jewish Christians. Now, if you remember from my sermon on the parable of the Good Samaritan last November, and I'm sure you do, that was only a year ago, (laughs) you'll recall that I gave you a lot of information about the region of Samaria and a lot of information about the cultural practices of the Samarians. And if you don't remember back that far, I'm about to give you the Cliff Notes version. The Samaritans were an interesting group of people. They were a group of individuals of mixed heritage, meaning that they had intermarried with various tribes. And they also had their own set of religious beliefs. They only accepted the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible. So Genesis through Deuteronomy, they rejected all the other books of the Bible. They had adapted the Bible and then made their own religious text. 
The Samaritans not only rejected other parts of Jewish scriptures and created their own Bible, but they also didn't practice any of the observances of the Old Testament. They didn't keep the old Jewish laws. So for this reason, they were deemed to be heretics. And since the Samaritans were of mixed heritage, then they were oftentimes referred to as half-breeds, and they were treated as outcasts. This detail adds another level of significance to this passage because it means that the one who was the outcast, the one who was talked down to and referred to as a half-breed, is the one who is held up as the example. It's significant in so much that the one who is believed to be the heretic is the only one who demonstrated the most faith in this story. It makes it significant because the one Samaritan leper who didn't follow all those Old Testament laws or read the right version of the Bible or worship God the right way was the only one of the ten who demonstrated the greatest understanding of what it meant to live as a faithful Christian. When you start to look at these nuances and details, and you start to peel back these layers, then it makes you ask yourself, well, how come it was this Samaritan leper that was the only one that turned back? This one Samaritan leper who we could easily say was never exposed to a Christian community, lived far off on the fringes of society, but yet he was the only one that turned back to praise and thank God. Why was this man, who would have been deemed as a heretic in that day and age, the only one who expressed a deep sense of faith? Well, Bible scholars have dug in deep to this passage, and they have several ideas as to why this man was the only one that turned back. Bible scholars have many hypotheses as to why the other nine didn't turn back to thank or praise God. Some Bible scholars say that the reason the other nine didn't turn back was because they did not recognize who the healer was. They were not able to identify who had healed them and the immense blessing that they had just received. One scholar describes it this way. He says, The ultimate tragedy is that the nine lepers got the healing, but not the healer. They experienced a miracle, but not the miracle worker. They received the gift, but they didn't know and love the giver. I think it's similar to how children can sometimes act on Christmas morning, where they're too consumed with playing with their toys, their dolls, and their trains that they don't realize that grandma and grandpa have come to visit them. They don't realize that grandma and grandpa who have brought them those dolls and trains are there to spend time with them to play with them, to love on them. Likewise, as adults, we can become too consumed with playing with our own toys, our own dolls and trains in life that God has given us, where we don't realize that God is there, that God is present, wanting to spend time with us, wanting to love on us. And that's the real tragedy of the nine lepers in this story. That is, that they got to receive the miracle. They were healed of their disease, but yet they didn't get to see and discover the miracle worker who had so enormously blessed them. They were blind 
inattentive, unconcerned about who had blessed them. Whereas the Samaritan leper not only got to experience the healing, but he also got to experience the miracle worker. He got to come face to face with Christ. He knew and recognized who his healer was. Other Bible scholars suggest that the other nine didn't turn back and thank God because they were too busy. The other nine had been made well, and so they were too busy being well to turn back. As I mentioned before, those who had leprosy, they were shunned from their community. They had to live in total isolation, far away from anyone and everything. They were taken from their loved ones, their spouses, their kids, their friends, So when they were made well again, they had a lot of catching up to do. When they were finally made well, it was time to head back to it all. They were free to finally return to the community and the life that they once knew. And so they headed back to their parents and their children and their spouse. They were busy tending to the garden and the farm. They were busy catching things up in the shop. There were all these people, places, and things that they hadn't seen for so long, that demanded their attention, that lured them away from God. There were so many things that they missed that it seemed enticing to focus on them rather than focusing on God. So they were busy catching up on all of these things. And that would make sense. It would be easy to fall into that category to fall into that same category where we want to rush off and see our friends and our family, where we would have this sense of excitement to come back home, to see everyone, and to rush back to normal life. And I think we could say that this very easily resembles our day-to-day lives. For many of us, the alarm goes off in the morning and our feet hit the ground running. There is a laundry list of things to get done places to go and people to see. And instead of God getting the bulk of our attention, other people, places, and things get our attention. We go, go, go all day and we're too busy, too distracted, too lured away to remember to stop and praise God. And once we get home, we cook dinner and we clean the dishes. And for some of us, we put the babies to bed and then we're just too tired to remember to make time for God. And so we might say a short prayer before we drift off to sleep, but then the alarm goes off and our feet hit the ground and we start that cycle all over again. If there is anything that this story about the lepers teaches us, it's that this sort of practice is dangerous. This sort of practice of going, 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 it cultivates a lifestyle that prevents us from noticing all the miracles that take place in our day-to-day lives. It prevents us from noticing God constantly at work in our lives. It cultivates a lifestyle where we're too busy rushing from one task to the next, where we just don't have time for God, and it pulls us away from him. Eventually, over time, our relationship with God can suffer as it becomes strained and distant. This story of the lepers is packed full of insights and valuable lessons. And as we take time to unpack those details, then it prompts us to ask ourselves, 
Who am I in this story? Which character do you more align with? Do you more align with the one leper that did turn back and made time to thank God? Or do you more align with the other nine lepers who received the miracle but then just continued on their way? This story prompts us to ask ourselves a couple of questions. The first one, am I more likely to get the miracle but miss the miracle worker? Am I more likely to be unaware of God's presence and activity in my life? Unaware that God is there wanting to see me and spend time with me and love on me? And second, am I too busy in my life to turn back and thank God, to offer praise and thanks? Have I cultivated this lifestyle where I'm too busy, too distracted, too enticed by other things, where I don't simply make time to sit in God's presence. Over this next week, may we all spend time reflecting on this passage. May we spend time thinking about these important questions and discerning which character we are in this story. And as we seek to discern that, then let us not forget that quote from Karl Barth. The quote that reminds us that the basic human response to God is gratitude. Not fear and trembling, not guilt and dread, but it is thanksgiving. Let us never forget that to have faith is to live faith. And to live faith is to offer thanks. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.